Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, it's my pleasure and privilege to share the Word of God with you. We've been dwelling on an important series on the subject of fear. If you only take this series seriously, right, and listen to the truths that are presented and take it and apply it in your life, your life will be transformed. There is no way your life won't be transformed if you take these truths and apply it in your life. Uh, see, fear in any form cannot be tolerated because whatever you tolerate is going to dominate you. And there are fears that come from outside our circumstance, you know, outside from our circumstances. And then there are internal fears, uh, which is because of the story that's running in our head, uh, because of our perspectives and our deep belief systems, of, because of our I am nots that we believe in. You know, those things are, are important to deal with. Because once you deal with those things, irrespective of what's happening on the outside, you can travel in the peace of God. Yes. Uh, because internal, if you can manage your inner world, see, we don't get to control the external. A lot of people are there. A lot of people are making choices. So external world, we don't really get to control. But inner world, our, my inner world, my thoughts, my beliefs, how my feelings function, it all depends on, you know, how I steward and manage my heart. The last few messages is talking about our inner world and how different kind of fear functions in different things. We have fear of loneliness and fear of rejection, fear of uncertainty, and fear of being judged, fear of failure, fear of losing freedom. Uh, there are so many fears, and I can go on and on and on, but I want to wrap this series uh, this week. There is a verse in Proverbs which says, the fear of men leads you into a snare. Have you seen these snares that are kept to catch animals? You know, it will be open like this, usually camouflaged, not seen to the naked eyes. But when something steps on it and it's going to snap it and you're not going to get out of it easily. That's a snare. The fear of men is a snare, it seems. Um, what is fear of men? Fear of people's opinion. What will 
people think? What will they think? Oh my goodness. How much, you know, uh, people are uh, in bondage to other people's opinion. What will they think? What will he think? What will she think? Oh, if I... So most of a life goes in trying to prove something to somebody else. Yeah. Fear of people's opinion. Especially, you know, I've seen marriages destroyed because of this. Lives destroyed. What will they think? What will others think? What will society think? There are weddings right where the kids have told their parents no 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 that person is not interested in this marriage don't get us married in many arranged marriage scenarios the kids tell after talking to their partner saying no they're not interested in this marriage but you would have gone ahead and you know printed the invitation card told the people so you cannot lose face in front of society. Like, and parents then manipulate their kids saying, we will kill ourselves, we'll commit suicide if you say no to this marriage at this point. What will people think? What happens to our name? What happens to our reputation? Yeah? Fear of men leading you into a snare. It hits you. It, it, it destroys your life. That's one, one of the way fear of men, you know, manifests. And uh, the other way it manifests as, you know, people pleasing. You cannot say no to people. That is a form of fear of men. What if I say no to them? Their face might change. I cannot see people's face change because my value is attached to their smile. So when I say no, the other person loses the smile. That makes me feel I have done something terrible. So to avoid that feeling, I would say yes. And I cannot say no. And I would feel terrible again for saying yes. Because I didn't feel like saying yes. Have you ever been in that cycle? Yeah, people who are caught up in that cycle really knows what I'm talking about. That is people pleasing. Right? That is also fear of men. You know? Uh... This is all tied to your feeling of insecurity. Right? Insecurity. Meaning you are not feeling secure, safe. You're not feeling safe about yourself. When you're not comfortable with who you are, when you don't know who you are, then you're caught up in all these kind of 
problems. You get entangled in these kind of fears. Yeah. So the feeling of insecurity is often tied uh, you can be insecure about so many things you can be insecure about your about your looks you can be insecure about you know uh, pretty much anything your looks your studies your background where you're from and you can be insecure about your work mm. yeah what is this insecure feeling it's the feeling of come on not enough that's the feeling that's the feeling. I'm not good enough. I'm not looking good enough. My studies, they are not good enough. My background is not good enough. My work profile is not good enough. It's the feeling of not enough. So today I want to talk about fear of not having enough. with regards to money even though insecurity can be attached to so many things the fear of not having enough with having enough with respect to money is something huge and something uh, that's common that people experience uh, so let's read this verse it says psalm 127 if God's grace doesn't help the builders, they will labor in vain to build a house. If God's mercy doesn't protect the city, all the sentries will circle it in vain. It really is senseless to work so, so hard from early morning to late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. It really is senseless to work so hard from early morning to late at night, toiling to make a living for fear of not having enough. Toiling to make a living. This is the cursed life. This is not, this is not God's blessing. See, work is God's blessing. Work was even before the fall. God blessed mankind with the work to be created in the image of God one aspect of that is our capacity to work, is our capacity to make things better, is our capacity to cultivate, is our capacity to grow. These are the things that belong to God. God works in that way. So we are created in the image of God. So we are designed to work, but we are not designed to toil to make a living because of the fear of not having enough. That's the cursed life. Uh, Adam, outside the garden, had to toil, you know, had to toil, had to, had to shed um, tears and, you know, sweat to bring food on the table. 
in the garden, he was under the care of daddy. That's our original design. So the fall twists the whole thing. But salvation, right? Our born again experience is the fact that we are born of God. That we have a father. Just like how much he loves Jesus and takes care of Jesus is how much he loves us and he takes care of us. So it is really, it is senseless to work so hard, to toil, to make a living for the fear of not having enough. God can provide for his lovers even while they sleep. It basically says when you rest, God works for you and provides for you. Come with me to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. I'm reading it from the Passion Translation. 19. Don't keep hoarding for yourselves earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourselves that cannot be stolen and will never rust, decay or lose their value. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? Whatever you value as your treasure, your heart is always going to pursue. What is it, what is it that you're going after? What is your heart going after? What is your heart valuing? All your decisions are based out of your value system. See, we are teaching people to take uh, decisions differently. But it's not working because their value system have been changed. When you do not work on people's belief system and what they value, you cannot change their decisions. When you, once you can't change their decisions, you can't really change their behavior and the outcomes. No, 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 no. You should not do that. You should do this. But why is he doing that? Because that's what he's valuing. And unless you change what he values, unless there is a change in the value system, Decisions do not change because decisions come out of a place of value system. So whatever you value as your treasure, your heart will always pursue. It's a principle. You cannot change this. Once you set your heart, you know, when once you start valuing something, your heart is going to go after it. Here, the scripture says your heart should be going for the kingdom realities. Instead of going after the kingdom realities, when you start going after material realities, then you're caught up in a system of greed. It goes on to say, the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. Usually this text is read out of context in encouraging youth 
not to watch porn <laughs> yeah uh i'll read it from the new king james the lamp of the body is the eye if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in you is darkness how great is the darkness so usually this word verse 22 and 23 is uh taken out of context and taught in terms of the purity of ice even though you can teach but in context it's not talking about that in context it's talking about money is go up it's talking about money go down it's talking about money so this two verses in the context of money i love how passion translation have translated the same thing the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being if your heart is unclouded the light floods in okay what is the previous verse for your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure but if your heart is you know just imagine this is being clouded but it says if your heart is see unclouded if your heart is unclouded the light floods in but if the eyes if your eyes are focused on money they have added that phrase that's why it's in italics in passion translation but that gives so much clarity to the context if your eyes are focused on money the light cannot penetrate why when your if your eyes are focused on money the heart becomes clouded so through the heart only revelation light has to enter but when the eyes are focused on money our heart is shut down revelation light cannot enter when your eyes are focused on money light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place how profound will the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter look at the next verse how could you worship two gods at the same time you will have to hate one and love the other be devoted to one and despise the other you cannot worship true god while enslaved to the god of money small g god of money that's the word mammon see this phrase uh, if your eye is healthy or if your eye is good there in the notes you read some scholars see healthy eyes as a semitic figure of speech for generosity due to the context of giving and money in the verses before and after so the word says your eye is the lamp for your body right so a healthy eye in that cultural context healthy eye talks about generosity generous giving evil eye is stingy greedy anything you look at they no can i have that 
the way they look at itself you can see it in their eye right when somebody is greedy or stingy you can see it in their eyes the moment they look at things the eye itself like i want it so the that's the evil eye stingy eye greedy eye you know it's it is jealous but a healthy eye is generosity a generous eye it looks for places to be a blessing that's a healthy eye so the fear of not having enough we are talking about fear of not having enough with regard to money that fear leads you to have an evil eye when you are operating from the fear of not having enough you're going to grab things then if you have an evil eye that means your heart is clouded your heart is clouded and if your heart is clouded great is your darkness it seems because revelation light is cannot penetrate my goodness i've seen so many people they sit under teaching for years together but it looks like something never happens and many times more than once i've seen they are struggling with the evil eye symptom meaning deep within they are having fear of not having enough so when you have fear of not having enough you're going to operate from an evil eye and when you operate from an evil eye your heart is going to be clouded when your heart is going to be clouded revelation light cannot enter and when revelation light cannot enter great is your darkness then you what happens you would start worshiping the god of money you start worshiping mammon look at the next phrase this is why i tell you to never be worried about your life so fear of not having enough results in worrying about your life this is why i tell you to never be worried about your life for all that you need will be provided such as food water and clothing everything your body needs isn't there more to your life than a meal isn't your body more than clothing look at all the birds do you think they worry about their existence they don't plant or reap or store up food yet your heavenly father provides them each with food aren't you much more valuable to your father than they so which one of you by worrying could add anything to your life why would you worry about your clothing look at all the beautiful flowers of the field they don't work or toil yet not even solomon in all his splendor was robed 
in beauty more than one of these. So if God has clothed the meadow with hay, which is here for such a short time and then dried up and burnt, won't he provide for you the clothes you need even though you live with such little faith? So then, forsake your worries. Why would you say, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? For that is what the unbelievers chase after. Doesn't your heavenly father already know the things your body require? So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the righteousness that proceeds from him. Then all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. Refuse to worry about tomorrow. But deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. It's an amazing, amazing passage that most of us know, but hardly put into practice. See, because these things cannot be, what to say? I will not worry. I will not worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about money. I'm not going to worry about this. It doesn't work like that. Have you ever tried? No. Not worrying about money is fundamentally connected with a revelation of Abbas love for us. This for us is so important. That's why it constantly saying, oh, Daddy is taking care of the birds. Daddy is taking care of the lilies. Don't you think you are of more value than they? So it's about value in Abba's eyes. The other day, Lavi and myself were thinking. Do these animals, do these birds, we are having a new problem right now in the building. The other day I was in the building, work is going on, right? We are rushing up things to finish the ground floor so that we can get ready for the service on August 1st. And I was there and all of a sudden it, you know, it sounded like raining. It's a um, metal roof, right? So it sounded like raining and I looked out and it was not raining. But I started hearing the sounds. I'm like, my goodness, it's sounding like raining. It's not raining. And then I go out and I see some 200, 300 pigeons on the roof because the field nearby is ripe for harvest. And these birds have come to eat. The entire roof is filled with uh, birds. Probably, you know, you, you can see the clip. Mm, all these birds. And I was just thinking, all these birds' food is taken care taken care by the father. 
right? Are you not of much more value? That's the question, whole question. See, no, no creature seems to be worried except human beings. No creature. There are millions of fish, millions of birds, millions of animals in the planet. And they eat. And they eat. They're all taken care. So we are so worried. Why? Because, not because our father is not willing to take care, but our hearts are clouded. Why it's clouded? It's clouded with the fear of not having enough. The moment you operate from the fear of not having enough, money becomes your God. Money becomes your source. So your eyes are clouded. So your value in Abba's eyes go down. See, you can see the connection between fear and stock market. Oh, there is a lockdown coming. It drops. Why? Why it drops? Fear. Fear. So fear drives the world's economy. Fear drives the world's system. I mean, look at the uh, advertisement. The advertisement, any advertisement has to prove you that you're not good enough. Then only sell you a product. You're not beautiful enough. You're not fair enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. And you need to feel bad about yourself. But if you use our product, you can feel better about yourself. So the fear of not having enough is the fundamental root how the whole system functions, how the whole economy runs. And God wants us to be redeemed from that system. God wants us to be free and unplugged from that system, living careless in the care of God. Yeah. Let me read it from the message. Let me read it from verse 22. Your eyes are windows into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you open your eyes with wonder and belief, wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with light. If you live squinty-eyed in greed and distrust, wow, squinty-eyed in greed and distrust. You don't trust the father. You don't trust anyone. I need, I need, I need, I need more. I need more, I need more, I need more. Not enough, not enough, not enough, not enough. Makes you squinty-eyed. And your body is a dank cellar. If you pull the blinds on your windows, what a dark life you will have. So your light, your eyes are the windows of your soul. So when you pull the blinds on your eyes, then great is your darkness. You cannot worship two gods at once. Loving one god, you will end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. This is a powerful statement. You cannot worship. See, God versus what? Devil. Wrong answer. No. 
devil is no match for god devil doesn't directly fight for god's place he cannot but money can money is the only thing that fights for the place of god in your life listen to me carefully money is the only thing that fights for the place of god in your life if you desire for god living a life of god worship it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at meal time meal times or whether the clothes in your closet or in fashion you're free to wear you're free to fa- wear fashionable clothes you're free not to wear fashionable clothes you're free to wear branded stuff you're free not to wear branded stuff you're free to drive a fancy car you're free not to drive a fancy car but when you're operating from the fear of insecurity when you're operating from the fear of not having enough even though you have a lot of money even though you're driving a fancy car it is something that is adding value to you so since it's adding value to you you will protect it because it defines who you are if some scratch comes on your car then some scratch comes on your value or some scratch comes in your identity that's so huge are you guys following what i'm saying god wants you to freely enjoy all things for you to freely enjoy all things you should not be dependent on things your value should not be dependent on things your identity should not be dependent on things this fear of not having enough is not only in the lives of people whose bank balances are low no the fear of not having enough is constant for every fellow no matter how much is in the bank balance so constantly you are under pressure you're not designed to live live under such pressure you're designed to live under the care of abbas can there is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach more to your outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body look at the birds free and unfettered not tied down to a job description <laughs> look at the birds free and unfettered not tied down to a job description careless in the care of god that doesn't mean don't work there are so many lazy bums out there who is not willing to work calling it faith they are living in faith no 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 don't be like that as i already told you work work is a form of worship is form of expressing the image of god careless in the care of god that's the phrase that i wanted careless in the care of god we are not just bible is not asking you to be just careless it it clearly defines be careless in the care of god knowing that god cares for you knowing that abba cares for you knowing that daddy cares for you be carefree and it says the gentiles seek after those things what to wear oh what to eat where to live they seek after their heart right whatever you value as your treasure your heart will pursue right that is what seeking is seeking you will seek by all means you will seek by all means the world is seeking money by all means seeking things by all means somehow by hook or crook we need to get this thing down that is called seeking the gentiles seek after those things 
but you, same word, you seek after the kingdom of God. The same way the world, when you're, you know, the, the same the world is going after money, going after, we need to get this thing. When our heart goes after the kingdom realities, all these things, what the Gentiles seek, all these things, the Father knows you need them. Did you, did you just listen to that? Your Father in heaven knows that you need those things. It will be added. It will be added because the Father knows you need those things. It will be surely added to you. But when your heart is, instead of seeking after kingdom realities, when it is seeking after these things, it is clouded. It is fettered. It is imprisoned. Enslaved. Look at those words, right? Enslaved. Fettered. Clouded. Right? That sounds like bondage. Bondage. Freedom, on the other hand, looks like generosity, giving, free flow. So the fear of not having enough is something that Jesus addresses. He wants you to know that he provides. Yeah? In fact, it goes on to say, verse 9 of chapter 7, Matthew says, Do you know of any parent who would give his hungry child who asked for food a plate of rocks instead or when asked for a piece of fish what parent would offer his child a snake instead if you imperfect as you are know how to lovingly take care of your children and give them what's best how much more ready is your heavenly father to give wonderful gifts to those who ask him know that you have a good good father know that you are much more valuable than the birds so when you know that you're valuable, when you know that you're, you know, good enough in the sight of the Father, then all these things just flow. All these things taken care. So it doesn't work by, I'm not going to worry, I'm not going to worry, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry about money. Try that. My goodness. It'll just increase. So whenever worry is coming up, don't try to push it down. Don't try to cast it aside. Worry tells you that you need more revelation of Abba's goodness. That's what worry about money tells. So don't push it aside. Go to the father, bring it up and say, Daddy, my heart is struggling to believe that you're good, that you're faithful. Give me the grace. Give me the wisdom. Give me an idea. Give me a business opportunity. Give me something. Whatever you want to give me, Lord. I'm going to trust in you. I start praising on God, Daddy's goodness. Come with me to verse 7 onwards, Deuteronomy 8, verse 7 onwards. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountain and springs that flow out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of wines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity in which you will lack nothing, 
a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. When you have eaten and are full, then you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land which he has given you. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments, his judgments, his statutes, which I command you today, lest when you have eaten and are full and have built beautiful houses and dwell in them, and when your herds and your flocks and multiply, and your silver and your gold are multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, when your heart is lifted up, you forget the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who led you through that great and terrible wilderness in which fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty land where there was no water, who brought water for you out of flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you to do you good in the end. Then you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as to this day. He says, I'm going to take you to a good land. It's going to overflow with milk and honey and you will not have any scarcity. And when you've built beautiful houses and when you live your life, do not forget. The problem with the squinty eye is it forgets the evil eye. The evil eye forgets who blessed us. Oh, my hand have done these things. That is the downfall. That is the downfall. Because we are not our source. We are not our source. It's pathetic to live as if we are our own source. Daddy is our source. And he takes care of us. He takes care of us. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So, remember. It's the Lord who gives you power to get wealth. Power to create wealth. Wow. We can talk about that sometime. Power to create wealth. That's the covenant-keeping God. One of the covenantal promises of God is He gives you power to create wealth. And that comes by remembering that He is your source. When you remember He is your source, when you keep your heart fixed in Him, and your heart is filled with peace that comes from your relational connection with Father, not because of the abundance of the bank balance, that peace, the peace that comes from the bank balance, is going to fail you. No, that peace is not worth trusting. But when your peace, the peace that comes passes the understanding that fills your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, because you fixed your eyes on Him, that is a different kind of peace. Yes, and that is what sets you free from the fear of not having enough. Gratitude. It fills your heart with gratitude. You start giving thanks. I give you thanks, Father, for your good, for your being faithful. You've been faithful in, in our lives. Being faithful in our lives. From time to time, I take to tell the stories of how God faithfully provided in my life 
from the day I stepped into ministry. Starting from 500 rupees, how God met my need. And right now, we have a testimony saying, you know, we had two crores. And yeah, we have still more, so much of, you know, money is needed to finish the building because you know about construction, how it works. And with all the price escalation and all these things that happens, one thing you plan and then it goes on and then this thing has to be done, that if this is, has to be done, that has to be done. It goes on. Need keeps increasing. But God is faithful. God is faithful. And we celebrate his faithfulness. We celebrate his goodness. By being generous. By being generous. Yes. So whenever my heart goes like, my goodness, we need money. Ow. I feel the crunch. I'm intentional in releasing seeds. I'm intentional in releasing gifts to others, just blessing people. Why? Because my heart is not designed to go like, I am in need, I need to hold tight what I've got. No. No. And again, this is not a formula. This doesn't work like a formula. You go on a journey with the Father. And as you go on a journey with the Father, you know, you would know how to seek after the kingdom of God and His righteousness and His peace and His joy. And that's the kingdom of God. Right? God has become flesh and He's dwelling within us. He's brought the presence within the daily grind of life. That's where the kingdom of God is. Kingdom of God is not up there. It's come flesh and blood and it's become part of us and lifted up us into the circle of life. Seek after those things. Let your heart go after those things. Just like the Gentiles' heart go after money. And all these things shall be added to you. Thank you for generously giving. You know, thank you. Thank you for all your goodness. May you have a good eye, right? May you have a healthy eye. May you have a generous eye. May you be delivered from an evil eye. May you, may you be delivered from the God of mammon. May you be set free from the fetters that binds you. May the revelation light enter your heart and light up your whole being so that you can be free, careless in the care of God. God bless you. See you next week. You know, uh, an important announcement. Next week, we are having two services. Eight o'clock is Tamil service. 10.30 is English service. You have to WhatsApp uh, to register to come. It's free registration, of course, just to make sure that things are being taken care. So please let us know and uh, get the Google Map location. WhatsApp, you know, uh, if you need more clarification, you can contact the same number. Uh, see you all next week. God bless you.